Welcome back to the Emergency Power Podcast. You made it through another week, so sit on down, grab a nice drink made from delicious UPBs, and charge up with all seven of us? Oh my what? god! What? Why is this so crowded <laughs> in here? Right. We have three new people. Count them three new people on this episode. What? Hold on. When I specifically remember when the tweet went out that we had two people. Hmm. So yeah, right, who's you must have done it on wrong. Here. Who's this other guy? I don't think we counted right. Hold on. No, I do count three. So what's going That's on here? Right, we have a <laughs> special guest star. And in fact, if you listened to the last episode, you got just a little tidbit of their character intro. But since there's so many of us. Why don't we go ahead and get some introductions out of the way? Yay! Yeah! Woo. How about Mark? Hello, everybody. My name is Mark. Uh, you can find me all over the internet at Mark Likes Music. That is Mark with a C. Um, I have been part of the Twitch channel Manapod Studios for the pa- over the past two years. I uh, did a little stream there called Tales from the Pack Worlds for around that same amount of time. Uh, I have switched. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, we had a very <laughs> short-lived podcast of the same name, which is still up and available uh, to go listen to if you'd like to get some more Starfinder in your life. Um, I'm just super happy to be here and i'm um, looking forward to seeing what the dice do for us yes. welcome <laughs> yes, yes yes okay who's next yeah i'll go um hey i'm pan um I... hi pan hello hi, pan. you may recognize me from playing with adam jeff on horizons unknown yeah. uh, over <laughs> um you can find me on twitter at stella Encore, where i um also play um on cosmopunk uh the morning blues um Spectrum the fog and another show I forgot. <laughs> you have so many projects you're doing that is completely understandable. <laughs> Throw a rock and you can hit one of Pan's projects. Um, but uh, thanks so much for having me here. I, I've, I've, been, I've been listening to the show for a while. Big fan. So um, looking forward Thank to it. Thank you so much for coming on. Woo! Woo! Yay! Woo! <laughs> and finally. Hello! I am Kate Purcell. Uh, I work in the gaming industry by day, but I do all sorts of nerdy podcasty things by night. Uh, I'm a gaming journalist, and um, I ran a, a 5e horror campaign called Godplane. I starred in the uh, Mothership Dead Planet. Uh, coming up in June, we're going to be running a uh, Trevor Project month-long charity project uh, with Thirsty Sword Lesbians. So if you're thirsty or you just like sword lesbians, <laughs> come hang out. Um, it's my birthday month and it's Pride Ooh. Month and we're doing it. Nice. Um, so I am Kate Dampier across the internet and I'm so excited to be here. Yay! Yes. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. I know that Mark and Pan, you have played Starfinder. Kay, have you played Starfinder before? I cut my teeth on Pathfinder, but this is my first time okay. in Starfinder. Same thing, right? Same oh, thing. Same. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Copy yeah. paste. Basically Copy paste. identical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's also the same thing as Mothership. Completely the same yeah. thing. That's totally not a D10 system. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. Have you played Vampire the Masquerade? You've played Starfinder. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I was given to understand this was a 7th C game. Right. Yeah, it's all the same. <laughs> You roll some dice, you have some numbers on a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yahtzee, no yeah. You all have paper? Exactly. Fancy this is power. now a Yahtzee real play podcast. Okay. Oh, Yahtzee! <laughs> we, should, oh. we should make it, no, we should do the dread system where you use the Jenga tower for your rolls. Yes! Ooh. Adam, can we switch to Jenga? 
the yeah. podcast. Wait, That's a wait, real thing. Kidding, huh? That's yeah. a real thing, by the way. Uh, how do you do that when everyone is in a different place on the globe, though? Very well, carefully. <laughs> if you're yeah. gonna, like, Speaking sweat of, the details with me. I was gonna say ten, 10 candles would be cool, but yeah, you have the same issue with that. This is now an international podcast. What? We will slowly expand our reach across the known globe. Soon the world will be ours. <laughs> Mixed worldwide over here. The galaxy. The cops are coming for us, y'all. They they heard us plan. It's international incident. Oh no! <laughs> they heard about it. Everyone scatter. Quick, throw Richard out the window. <laughs> what? <laughs> to distract them. <laughs> Richard well, is sacrifice. Am I, you're expecting I'm just going to roll out there like... Dee -dee 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 -dee. You can't even oh see me move my, God. my thumb. Oh, sorcery is this. Distract them with magic tricks. His finger. Oh my gosh. He can take it off. <laughs> he takes it off. That joke's way funnier if we had video feed. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Explaining jokes is much funnier. A joke is not funny unless it needs to be explained. That's the epitome of humor. The greatest thing about doing an audio-only podcast is that anyone, any magic trick we do, it's automatically successful, right? Yeah, check out. Wait, really? Oh my god, he just set himself on fire, and now he's a chicken. No! Amazing! How did he do that? How is Richard showing up on Pan's feed? He's all the way in London! Wow. This is nuts. Amazing! Guys, round of applause. Richard. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And that was all running from the cops. Very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you run, like, the best of them from the police. It's like a, like a Scooby-Doo episode. Where you just see <laughs> yes. Richard running behind everyone's camera yeah. feet, being uh -huh. chased by the cops. And then eventually, I I, like, I, they, the cops run out of one door, and I'm coming behind them. And <laughs> yeah, point. yeah, absolutely. There's the like, moment where they, like, run have, into each other. <laughs> we have video feed that, like, we're looking at right now. And because there's so many of us, I'm actually reminded of Brady Bunch, because there's, like... Oh, God. You just it's like point there. to each other we and like look around. Two so you... more, two more, Adam. That's right. Let's go for nine feeds. Just break my soul when we do editing. <laughs> How about that? All right. So, what do you guys think? Do you think it's time to get this started? <gasps> I'm ready. If we yeah, ready must to go. find out who this robot is. Within the drift, within the second hand, and within its sealed airlock, now sits a creature that has been created by the hand of an ancient being and a dismembered SRO unit. Scriff and Pawns look through the window, one Yasoki paw still on the comms button. Now the being inside looks back. Let us watch on as well as we open the tomes of emergency power to volume three, chapter two. So Scriff holds down the, the intercom button once more and repeats, I say again, Identify yourself. Who are you? Um, the uh, contract turns, and as much as you can tell what is ahead, um, turns towards you, and uh, you hear, um, as its like, whole head kind of undulates, I am Para. Para the Stranger. Para. Are you the prisoner that we have heard about? How did you come to be where we found you, your arm trapped inside of the belly of a beast? 
it is hard to recall. I came to make contact, but was attacked, and then I was severed. The last thing I recall is the beast, and then this cell. I am a prisoner again. Is for our safety. The last person who inhabited that body was not a friend. We are still cautious. Scrift turns and looks at uh, NR5E and pawns, like shrugs. Like, do you have any questions? I do. 5E leans in and triggers the comm unit and says, What is the designation of your home plane? Um, the the being um, kind of cocks its head, uh, which kind of jiggles from side to side as if it's full of almost like liquid. Unsure. Unknown. I apologize, but I cannot answer this question. Cannot or will not? Cannot. I see no purpose in lying to you. I am your prisoner after all. Frankly, it is nice to simply be able to stretch and it does so um, in a way that is far longer than it should be able to. Um, <laughs> uh, <that's laughs> just stretching disturbing. its arms. It's, it's sitting up <laughs> at the right angle and puts its arms out also at right angles and just stretches them. Yeah, the arms touch both sides of the airlocks as he stretches. Yeah, how how recognizable is this construct compared to the SRO that originally confronted us? Almost entirely different. It's like coated in this ebony ooze looking stuff. Yeah, imagine a, a real humanoid oil slick. Is it the same kind of ooze that we removed from NR5E's body? No, that stuff was nasty and chunky and bleh. this is very <laughs> smooth and you don't see any joints on it. It just kind of creates itself in different ways. Okay. So, like, the difference between, like, a clean quart of oil and the one that just came out of your 2004 yeah. Honda Civic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. It appears that you are spontaneously capable of reforming your physical com composition. Do you accomplish this through some sort of nanite technology? Um... Pulls his arms back and almost like gestures and checks out his own body as if noticing he was doing that for the first time and says again, unclear, unsure, I cannot answer this question. Acknowledged. Please understand that we do not intend to hold you as a prisoner indefinitely, nor do we consider you one. If we can ascertain that you are not a security risk, you will be allowed your freedom. What is your primary objective? Uh, it, again, it repeats, unclear, unsure. I cannot answer your question. Are you are you a threat? Do you consider yourself, us hostile? Uh, at this point, it, it stands, and the whole standing motion is like folding origami. Extremely oily origami, but origami nonetheless. And it pulls itself in, and then kind of um, concertinas up, and steps towards the uh, the panel. Can you see Scriff through the panel? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it's yeah. The window. He's, he's in his big armor, and you just see his little mouse face right at the window. So, um, yeah, it steps close, real close up to the window, 
and um, two uh, almost like, like bug-like eyes uh, appear on its sides, like bright green as it looks directly at Scriff. Um, there's a moment where it seems to study him and then says, I do not believe so. <laughs> Again, not very assuring. But I want to start off on the right foot. Uh, 5e pawns. I, I get the impression that this person is not seeking to do harm to us. But I'm not necessarily a good judge of character. I'm still on the inside of the cell, aren't I? You guys are all right next to the door, kind of all looking in through <laughs> the glass. Okay. I just couldn't remember leaving it. Last I remember, I was still, like, hacking some arms off of that thing. and. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, okay, you guys exited. moved it in there, turned it on, and then left. Got it. I'm hmm. not the best judge of character, always. Uh, what do you two think? Can... Can I roll a general sense motive against Para to sure. determine how dangerous I believe him to be to us? Yeah, go ahead. All right. I'm not even going to... Uh... <laughs> I'm just going to... I just got a four. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you did not assist me. <laughs> but that's okay. So there's, there's not much like on Para's features to really like guess from. It's right. just a bulbous... Uh, oily black head and two eyes yeah. that don't blink or move at all. Well, as best as I can intuit the creature's intentions, I have a 30 sense motive. <laughs> oh. Nice. All right. Uh, yeah. How, how hostile how, yeah, how hostile is Para? Para's not. Not at all. Para is, is um, <clears throat> curious. Uh, they're, you know, this is, this is all new to them. So until anyone makes a hostile move, Para is quite happy to be quite docile as it stands. In fact, it will just continue to stand while it waits for something to address it again. Kind of reminds me of how the when the cloning process goes wrong, we don't really get all the transfer of memories and stuff, and it's like a newborn, you know. But, uh, yeah, he should was trapped I... before this from what I sensed earlier. Do you think I should let them out? I believe it may be best to liberate him. This right. We do have this... some giant creatures on board that uh, would help, you know control any to, sort of threat. We're going to release you. I expect you to be civil. This is understood. And I open up the airlock back into the ship. Fivey holds up an appendage in greeting and says, I apologize for any perceived hostility on our part. You must realize that we have run into several hostile entities since we came into this sector of the galaxy, for lack of a better term. Although we do not appear to be in normal space at present. Including the one that previously inhabited that body. That is true, but we also believe that that is due to the presence of a nanoparasite, one which Captain Esper has very thoughtfully removed for us. True. Uh, seeing yeah. 5e raise their hand in gesture, um, Power also raises uh, a hand, but rather than raising their own hand, they simply create a hand at the side as well. Oh, that's not disturbing at all. And since they feel there are three people, it raises three extra hands out of some. Oh, my. How is uh, Captain Isbin doing after we removed her arm? <laughs> Again. Well, the last thing you know is uh, she was just kind of laying on top of Scriff's workbench, so you could go check on her. 
Oh. Yeah, that's a good idea. Was Scriff so, working? Never mind. I believe that the captain will require emergency medical care. I will see myself to the med bay to administer accordingly. So the airlock opens up in front of you, Par, and as you kind of look around and start to step out, this little green goblin walks by just about to eat this crunchy thing, and his hand looks over and, like, stops mid-bite, like, Argh! What is... What is you? Griff, squishy pods, what is... What's going uh, on? It's it's okay. Uh, There's something coming from space. They're, Look what I created. <laughs> Pawns, you'll do this? Yeah, it, it uh, was like part of Isbin's arm, and then I uh, just grabbed my hacksaw. The robot thing, I don't know what happens. Griff, Griff helped out with it, too. They're not hostile. Don't worry. They, they might have information for us, I hope, about what in the gods' names happened to the oh, the name of this, the Metadosa system how it got shunted into the drift um okay you're not going to like fall through cracks in ship right you look squishy uh <laughs> They don't move, but the eyes move down their body. So like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and they say, uh, oh. I do not believe so. Is that sustenance? <laughs> oh, oh, like, goes to put it behind their back. Um, do, mm, do you eat things? Unclear. Unsure. Oh, but I would like no. to try. <laughs> <laughs> he gets this real sad look on his face for just a second. He's like, oh, and he on. walks over. <laughs> <laughs> um, this official offering of peace from Wasted Goblin Clan. And he holds out a crystalline crunchies bar. Wasted Goblin Clan. I am honored. Uh, it, it extends his hand all the way, like way down, too far down, just by a stretch, <laughs> and the crunchy budget is absorbed into it. <laughs> I am getting like, some really <laughs> creepy vibes from this ooze slender man. <laughs> I uh, love them the so eyes much. go back up to the head, <laughs> <laughs> and they oh. close for a moment. I open again, and they bring the bar back out and give it back to the. You know, <laughs> Amazing. That was most enjoyable. Thank you. I will treasure this moment from the Westy clan. Um, what's he do as well? He's just like looking down at it like he still kind of wants to eat it, but he's really unsure roll. about it. It's really clean. <laughs> it's very clean now. It's cleaner than when he gave it to you. It's shiny. <laughs> yeah, um, you're supposed to keep that in you, right? Like. I kind of gesture to the would have been my belly region. Oh, never mind. I will keep this in mind. Um, right. Yeah, um, was it just coming to tell everyone looks like we almost done with big drifty travel thing? Yeah. How uh, close oh. are we to Absalon Station at this point? Wait, who's who's driving? Is that where um, we set course? Autopilot. No. Um, we set to. What? It's Scar something. We set to only Beacon, remember? It's Scar's only one we end. find. 
Right, yeah, that one. So think we think we almost there. Oh, I I need to get some some food too. Now that I'm thinking about it, and he looks down at the crystalline crunchies. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, Uzi catches you looking, and still kind of unsure of it, he breaks it in half and offers you part of it. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, I'll get my own. Honestly, it is delicious. I really do recommend. <laughs> what, what, is, what does our ETA yeah. look like, Adam? Uh, you guys got maybe a couple hours at most. Okay. It's not too bad. I am just a little distraught even... that Uzi does not love the Uzi robot. <laughs> <laughs> He's just assessing the situation with his just, analytical mind. It just feels like... Just different consistencies. No, it's you know, a bad assumption. <laughs> They're not cognates. It's like, like those... Uh, oil glasses that have like different layers mm. there can be only one <laughs> Uzi <laughs> so Uzi kind of forgetting a little bit about what just happens starts eating the crystalline crunchy as he walks off uh, <laughs> um, he doesn't vomit 5E right? why yes. don't you go ahead and give me a medicine check as you get into the workshop I would be thrilled to do so medicine 23 23 okay yeah, you can see that Isbin is about as bad off as you expected. Very dehydrated, emaciated. Basically, it was just kind of burning through her as if she was a battery. Okay. So she's going to need attention. Okay. Um, I mean, I would want to set up IV fluids and feeding um, if we have the capacity to do that. Um, I think it's fair to say that an advanced med kit probably has saline solution in it that I could run to her. I don't know if I would have like IV nutrients to, to provide or not. And if that's the case, then we're just going to have to do what we can and, until I can get supplies from somewhere. Yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, I would imagine about the same thing. So <laughs> would you like to leave her on the desk or would you like to take her somewhere else? <laughs> uh, yeah, if we've got... We don't really have like a berth in this ship is the problem, do we? Yeah, like a lot of the room is taken up by all these people and the trolls and stuff, but I imagine that like you guys have a couple bunks near the front of the ship that if you brought a injured looking person up there, people would probably give way. Yeah. All right. Yeah, then I can I can certainly transport her to somewhere more comfortable and move my medical equipment in there. It, it's not the ideal, but it's probably a more s sterile environment than Scriff's workshop. <laughs> well, probably. But, Okay. Yeah, I, I can keep an eye on just uh, if she needs any specific healing, uh, any of the variations of the spells, Mystic Cure, Stabilize, and uh, Healing Touch that it is necessary. Thank or you. If it's necessary. It may be necessary to offer. <laughs> Words are hard. It may be necessary to administer mystical applications until I can get a more expensive set of tools. She is malnourished and dehydrated. I'll keep an eye on her as well. Okay. Yeah, so Pan, or, this is going to be very confusing for my brain having Pons and Pan. Um, <laughs> so Pons, you're over near Isbin Espa, and Victor also comes up, and he's like, uh, I will also do what I can. Um, I'm sure that you are needed, 5e, at the helm of the ship, so. Indeed. All right, I'll head up to the cockpit. And I'm assuming I would see Scriff and maybe Uzi around there. I guess Para might be around as well. Yeah, um, Para, you've just been kind of let out into this ship. There's like 
eight human looking people, there's two giant trolls, there's a oversized vest walking around, like this place is packed. And what are you thinking? What are you feeling at this moment? Uh, Barra is, is amazed. Like it's been so long since they've you know, been able to like get out about talk about anything at all, let alone like all these people, so many different races and, and types just working together, uh, which is intriguing to see. Um, I think they would have picked up enough like general knowledge of the universe to like not be completely dumb. <laughs> sure. But, um, <laughs> um, just by just by being like attached to various things and like attaching to the um, the unit. Uh, but for the most part, they are probably just seeing people's reaction to them. They're going up to people and saying like, um, "It is good to meet you. I am Para." And then extending hands, and never quite, always staying slightly like maybe two feet away, so the hand extends too far. Not quite understanding <laughs> if you're close people or not. Yeah, um, some of them are freaking out a little bit at this, especially since they have never seen you before. But like. You know, you got let out here, so you must not be trying to murder them, so that's good. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, go ahead, give me a sense motive. Sure. Oh, not 20. <laughs> wow. Right. Coming out <laughs> strong. Now, that yeah. is the first There you role. go. <laughs> okay, yeah, so what you're getting from these people is a lot of the more humanoid ones are beaten up, tired, they've seen a lot of different stuff in their imprisonment. And you can kind of tell that that's what's happening just by how their wounds look and that kind of thing, that they've been, you know, abused, essentially. Um, but they're kind of taking your existence in stride just because of how many weird things have happened recently. Like, they're, they're not like going out of their way to be like, hey, welcome aboard, or anything like that, but they're also <laughs> not screaming and running away. I think, um, as Bogglegrounder, they're, they're going to try um, shifting themselves slightly to look a bit less looming, a bit less, um, for want of a better word, alien. Um, everyone that doesn't run away or, like, avoid them, they shift a little bit to mimic that, kind, that person's um, physicality a little bit to make it easier for other people to talk to them. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Then I'll also take a disguise check. Okay. Uh, 28. Okay, pretty solid. So, you know, because your sense motive was so good, like some people, that helps a little bit, and that like makes them more interested. Like, oh, some people, it's very disconcerting, and it makes them less likely. So you're getting like mixed signals from different people as you talk from one to another, you know? Getting reactions from people in general is is new, so this is still very interesting, and they kind of just wander through. If they've been left their own devices, they're going to probably probably follow Uzi actually at the distance. <laughs> actually, that works out fine because I think Five E wanted to try to rendezvous with Uzi briefly as well. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> just kind of following Uzi around. Uzi's walking like he owns the place, <laughs> like he's got big britches on. He's like, "Oh, this work is gore. He big vask." He, he worked for Uzi sometimes. Like, you know, just... <laughs> Amazing. And Sworkus Gore just kind of smiles and shakes his head and goes back to what he's doing. He's like, not even worth my time. He <laughs> eyes Para a little bit, but he's, he's gonna hold back for now because he's watching over his people and you don't seem to be harming anyone at the moment. 
part of eating it up. They, they believe everything that Uzi's saying right now, or at least they don't seem to be like disagreeing. Like, wow, and you, you're the boss of this entire place. Impressive. Um, rigors of being negative. Yeah, and like uh, with your sense motive, you can tell that he more or less believes it. <laughs> wow. Okay, so 5e, mm -hmm. after you see them walking around, you go ahead and walk up to them. Yeah. Ah, Uzi, did I hear over the general comms that we are about to pop out of drift? Uh, yeah, we coming up on it pretty quick, so we should probably be ready for whatever happens. Excellent. Um, I will assume piloting duties at the helm. Para, you are right. welcome to join me if you wish to observe the instrumentation panels. I would like that very much. Thank you, friend. Uh, Uzi got... It was messaging with an uh, explodernator. Sounds like they need more time to repair, so they, they stay in communication, but they're not going to come to wherever we're going at this moment. They know where we are, though. Uh, confirm with Griff that we can track this, their position. I don't want to leave them stranded in the drift. Okie dokie. Yeah, so he goes over to Scriff, relays the same information and what five he's looking for. All right. Um, would I know if we can meet up with them, or do they have to come out of the drift? Um, as far as you know, uh, they've kind of followed you on a few jumps, but in order to repair, they also drop down into regular space. Okay. Uh, so you could probably contact them if you can get a long-range communicator going or something. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm not sure there's much more yeah, for us to do until we actually arrive at the beacon. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and jump forward just a little bit until you guys drop down out of the drift. <sighs> so as the second hand approaches this beacon, it goes back into the mortal plane and you gaze out across the majesty of the stars and are beholden to the Zelador sister, oh, sorry, Lazdorel Nebula in the Sea of Aster. From the right angles, it looks as if a long scar across the face of space, burnt auburn carving its way across the galaxy. Thus, why this station you now approach is called At Scar's End. This station, looking not unlike a barbell, has two rings on either side of a stout main column. It maintains a constant rotation as it more easily supplies gravity to the wheels that support life, usually both flora and fauna on these types of stations. Streams of holographic light cascade out from around its hull. Some appear to denote approach lanes, illuminate sectors for workers, while others are ads of the latest and greatest products of the week. Ah, oh, finally. But the light that catches your attention now is on the dashboard of the main console. Second hand, you are being hailed. Um, 5e opens the ha hailing frequency. Private vessel second hand reporting. Unknown vessel, we are receiving no transponder signal from your ship. Halt your ingress and identify yourself. Acknowledged and reducing speed. This vessel has been salvaged from an unknown star system. We ourselves have been st stranded in that sector for some time. We are simply seeking to refuel and resupply and perhaps find assistance on the station. Acknowledged. Please send registration papers. Request acknowledged. Stand by, please. Um, 5e comes back to Scriff and says, 
The SCAR's end station is requesting registration papers. I'm afraid I don't know what to do here. I'll see what I can do. Uh, I'm going to hop on the science station and scan any other comms and try and get an idea of like what what kind of authorization they need like and if, and then I'm going to try and fabricate our own it's an older code sir but it checks out hey, <laughs> I was about to clear them you got to have at least one star wars reference per episode okay uh, go ahead and give me computer's check then 28 28 plus whatever the computer's bonus is for the ship sure yeah so what it seems like it's asking for is you know every ship is registered somewhere unless it's like a pirate vessel so it's usually just a series of numbers and letters that denote where you come from so they can look you up but pretty basic all things considered yeah would we know those from the space that we originally crash landed in or would we be able to well we don't have access original ship yeah we yeah that probably would have been wiped, I would imagine, with all the other data that was lost when that system went into the drift. Because they lost, like, knowledge of everything that was outside. Um, but I'm going to try and make one for the ship real quick to send to them. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put it as being from Abalon. Hmm. Okay. okay. Which is Scriff's home planet. Oh, okay. Ooh. Okay, so you send this data over, and you wait for a little while. And you wait for a little while longer. Don't worry, 5e. It would take them weeks to verify it. We'll at least get to land. I hope that your optimism proves to be appropriate. And then, calm comes on. Docking has been authorized on behalf of station director, Dr. Isika Kamato. Keep transmission lines open in event of further required communication. Acknowledge Scar's end. Thank you. Please pull forward at near nominal speed towards the dry dock indicated by the holographic guidelines. Okay. We'll maintain course on that vector at the lowest sublight speed that I can reasonably keep. How, how large is this station, Adam? Like, is it average in comparison to our ship? Can we scan, like, an appro- approximate population with the sensors? Uh, yeah, you can give it a go. Okay. So basically all stations are kind of compared to Absalom Station because it's just the hub of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, This station is maybe a couple size categories smaller than that, but compared to you, it is still quite big. Okay. With a decent population here. We could probably find resources, buy, you know, items or... That seems pretty likely. Find some connections. All right, so go ahead, give me piloting check real quick, 5e. 27. Okay. So you pull forward, and you seem to be going towards this large, open doorway. And as you pull through, these doors slowly shut behind you, and the second hand is now locked in this large cylinder, and these four robotic arms come out from the wall and clamp on to the hull of the ship and the dock starts pressurizing 
The, the Scars End would like to welcome you. There is a strict no weapons of mass destruction policy in place. Therefore, leave all class three weapons on the ship. They hope you enjoy your st st stay. I really need to fix that uh, speech impediment. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, what is considered a class three weapon? Hans kind of looks at his guns and is like, I wanted to keep these so, on me. Large, mm. two-handed, probably explosive weapons, anything of that nature. Oh, okay. So I'll just make sure that the only things out. I've got on me are uh, my baton and my pulse caster, because that's a stun weapon and should what be perfectly acceptable. What about an environmental suit that is strictly for scientific research purposes <laughs> and not militarily <laughs> equipped at all? <laughs> hmm. Well, you'll just have to see what happens if you decide to take big things in there. <laughs> Do not know if believe. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, the ship is now locked in place, and you guys can decide what you want to do from here. All right, so I will kinda... trigger un um, general comms and just let everyone on board the ship know docking procedure successful. We have arrived. Do we know if this is a uh, packed world's uh, government system or... You do not know offhand because your computer didn't have any information on basically anything. Okay. Oh. Well, this might not be our final shot, but if, uh, stop. If people want to jump off board, we can meet back here in a few hours. I'm going to go and explore. Yes. Hong kinds of rushes out and looks around. <laughs> okay. Uh, Victor gives you a little wave as you go. Oh, Victor. Are you, uh, how are you feeling? This is your first time going through the drift. Ah, uh, well, um, it has been a more stressful experience than I was expecting. Kind of looks down at Ismen, and I wish there had been more time to enjoy the experience. And kind of sighs and looks down again. And as much as I would like my first time aboard one of these stations in space uh, to happen, I think I will stay here for the moment to look after Ismen Espa. Understandable. You have come probably as close to your god as you have ever been. Yes, I'm currently trying not to delve too deep into that until I have a little more time. It's, um, it's a lot. Victor secretly trying not to fanboy out right now. <laughs> You're not I will, wrong. I will prioritize the procurement of medical supplies and return as soon as I can to give you relief. It is much appreciated. So as you go to depart, you can see that Swarkus Gore also seems to be ready to go. Like his people are more or less looked after what ones he can bring he's going to, and then some are gonna stay on board, obviously. <laughs> and it looks like the trolls don't want to be on this ship anymore. I don't blame them. This place am too small. Wish to go anywhere else now. <laughs> I'm sure that a more open area would be very conducive to your health. Your perseverance oh, is admirable. Do we know if this station allows, has any uh, restrictions on trolls? Trolls are sentient, right? They have, they're allowed to go places, right? Like, more or less, okay. more or less sentient. Uh, <laughs> 
Okay, so you guys squeeze into the airlock as best you can. Apara, I'm assuming you're going to join this party? Yeah, Apara is, is fascinated. They're just going to follow along behind. Okay. Right. Um, actually, they're, gonna, they're probably going to... Um, uh, who's, who's close to the back? Pons was pretty quick to say he wanted to leave, so my guess is it'd be a toss-up between me and Scriff. <laughs> yeah, Scriff will probably hang back and like just do a ch- quick check on the engines and the, the main systems, make sure that there's no emergency repairs that need to be done. We kind of got out of there in a hurry. Sure. Took some, well, took just some blaster barely, fire on the way Yeah, out. keeping the engines alive like this yeah. whole time. <laughs> so I think that's going to be my first project is just get the ship back up to working order. Okay, so are you going to stay on the ship or are you going to go on and then come back? I think Scriff's going to do a shift fixing the ship and then take leisure time to explore. But I'll probably be on the ship for a few hours. Okay. I was going to say, sorry, I was, um, if um, uh, Scriff was sitting behind, um, Paolo wanted to um, effectively ask permission to have a look around, have a wonder, since Scriff seems to be the one. They were the first one to talk to them. So they want to ask Scriff's permission to wander off. Oh, uh, around the sh- uh, around the station. I would like to see how the world has changed. Okay, just I I think as long as you don't start any fights, uh, it should be fine. And uh, if you see anyone wearing a badge, do what they say. We don't need any. Uh, I I don't want to cause any disturbances on this station until I know more about what's going on here. I understand. Do not fight. Obey badges. Thank you. And you know how to get back here? I when will find my way. All right. This is a recognizable ship. It's a big station. Uh, be careful. Not, not everyone here may be as friendly. Understood. I will look for the badges. Huh? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't trust those either. Just don't don't uh, make don't make waves. Is that a saying that you understood? Do okay. not start fights. Obey the badge. Do not trust the badge. Avoid waves. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. This is gonna be great. Yeah. Uh, I feel so good about this. Do we have a calm unit that I, that I can give Para? Sure. Yeah, I'm sure there's an extra one on the ship. Okay. Uh, you can use this to contact any of us here. I've already programmed in all of our communication frequencies. If you get into any trouble, give us a call. Understood. And it, uh, I will reach our hand, absorb the unit, and then over the comms say, is this working? Loud and clear. I will see you soon, my friend. Enjoy. Pass okay. one's off with the rest. As most of you go through the airlock, take your turns, Scriff, you stay behind, start looking at the engine, see if there's anything needs to be done. You notice that there's no gravity in this chamber. The ship's just kind of being held there so it can be more easily repaired. So as people start to move through, I'm just gonna have the actual people here and I'll do some rolls. Uh, go ahead and make some acrobatics checks, except for oh, pawns no. who can oh, fly. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I have mag boots. Okay. Uh, I will give you a bonus to be able to, like, if you want to jump from one place to another, I'll give you a bonus for that. If you want to go from, like, ship to wall or something along those lines. Uh, 15. 
Should be good 15? enough to get around. Oh yeah, yep. with your mag boots and everything, that's totally fine. Uh, 28. 28, very nice. Pawns just kind of float through. <laughs> yep. Uh, mm -hmm. The trolls seem to be having some trouble. They're just kind of like floating <laughs> and spinning into space. They have to like grab onto the arms that are hanging onto the ship and start moving themselves around, but they get it eventually. <laughs> So you head to an airlock which hangs a jar and it brings you through this short passage, gravity remaining absent this whole time. And as you pass through the threshold into what should be a spacious round hallway, you're treated to a much different sight. Mounted to the walls, suspended in the air by cables, and being pushed around by small grab jets are hundreds of vendor stalls, shanties, tents, and makeshift restaurants set up throughout the chambers. It looks almost like a maze as you move into this area. Wow. And real quick, we're gonna cut away for just a second, just a moment, back in time, about 10 minutes or so. Same crowded corridor, a young girl, barely in her teens, deftly glides from tent to tent and guideline to guideline. Her pale green skin clashes with the cracked and tinted goggles that she wears. She grabs onto the edge of a lean-to. Her mouth opens to speak, revealing two small little tusks. And she says, Know a guy who works at the docks says I got an unscheduled coming in. Dry dock, and you didn't hear it from me. Free tip, cowboys nearby. Without waiting for a response, she flips around in null grab and pushes off the canvas forest. If you weren't watching, you wouldn't even notice she had stopped. And Mark, I'm gonna need a perception roll from you. Can do. Oh. That is a 22. So we cut back into proper time. Is there anyone just waiting nearby? <laughs> um, Mark, um, your character happens to have seen a small girl that you have seen hanging around someone you know at the station on occasion just zip through the area just before people suddenly started walking into the room. I think um, then uh, the party might, the crew of the second hand might see uh, a human man, like almost like running and like almost out of breath, getting to <laughs> the, um, getting to like uh, the, the place where like the crew is entering. Before you even get there though, you're running and you see someone else has beat you there. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> I paid good money to make that happen, darling. Well, I oh! think that it's time for us to uh, maybe possibly get off this d station. So long as you don't screw this up for me, yes. Well, just follow my lead then, I suppose. Kind of oh, like straightens his tie God, a little bit. No, never. Uh, so like, uh, he takes a bit. I'll just, one second there, honey. <sighs> Oof. You know, uh, this this human has a bit of a case of dad bod, and so he is <laughs> like kind of stretching a little bit and uh, kind of catching up. And oh, all right, whenever you're ready. <laughs> you huh. can't see it, but Kay was just holding her nose and responding to face like that. Uh. Big face palms. Just don't screw this up, love. And uh, I will walk forward and. Unlike the uh, sweaty human who's rushing, I more glide 
and swagger than walk. Um, and approaching the crew of the second hand is probably the most colorful thing on this entire station. Um, light gray skin, forearms striped with uh, bands of black and gold tattoos with solar patterns done inside them, copper gold hair underneath a black headband, dressed head to toe in black with a single golden moat orbiting their head, uh, ears ending in very long gold-tipped points. As they step forward and just assume a very performance posture, waiting for what they expect to be just a crew of freight haulers of some kind, and just wait to see what comes around the bend and are deliberately ignoring the human. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so what comes around the bend is an SRO, a floating brain, a giant lizard, two trolls, and a bunch of people following behind them. Not to mention, um, part. did you disguise yourself as anything in particular as you went into here? No one told me to. Nope. So I just heard that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was worried about that. And awesome. a yes. humanoid blob. Blue, yeah, blue goo <laughs> creature. Oh my, hello, welcome friends. Who might this eclectic group be? Yes, and, and Pawn's talking to uh, Para this this time. So, And then he said uh, he wanted to become the big cheese. So that's how he got the wrestling name. Um, well, <laughs> who are you guys? Periodic salutations. We are the crew of the second hand. Um, 5e will extend an appendage in a wave. Um, but he is also taking this opportunity to sense the motivations of this being because <laughs> he definitely has modules about ship jacking and, and po- pickpockets <laughs> as part of his protective protocols. Fair enough. 32 cents motive. Is this person nice. going to murder us or rob us blind? <laughs> Just, oh, nope, that is not very good. 15, no. Um, he would sense this person is probably not the most forthright all the time. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not always on the up and up, but right now there is nothing but a desperate attempt to get approval from whoever they see. (laughs) Wow. Um, uh, Could I attempt an engineering check to try to identify um, what type of SRO NR5E is? Sure. All right, I'm gonna try that real quick. Uh, He's gonna make me dig my notes out, isn't he? Uh, it's a 22. Yeah, Richard, I think you're going to have to go find it. <laughs> <laughs> just enough to recognize, um, just to kind of like, uh, to, to press the pause on it. Just just enough to know that he would recognize NR5V as a caretaker unit, essentially. Yeah, you, you would okay. realize that this unit was probably made by the Anasites, um, and that it is designed to be a, a caretaker, a bodyguard, and an educator. Probably something that would be assigned to a juvenile in either a wealthy household or a, a noble household. Okay, so I think um, kind of overcome with excitement and just kind of uh, like bursting at the seams, the, this human will kind of brush past everyone and say, "My word, is that a caretaker model? This part of the galaxy? Oh my good, are you are you uh, equipped with any sort of tailoring skills? I need to have this vest a little let out." I am afraid that my tailoring module is only accustomed to doing small sewing jobs. 
If you have broken a strap on a sneaker, perhaps I could help to reattach it, although I would recommend that you find a more advanced unit to tend to such a need. In any event, I do not hold those services out for sale. Excuse uh, me. No, no, excuse me. I I'm sorry to interrupt. What a, a click, what a fascinating group of critters y'all be. Always so charming, darling. Tell us, welcome to, um... Hell? Yes, hell. Welcome to hell. Um, oh. My name is oh, no. Sol. I am quite eager to be out of this place. You're the first vessel who's come by in a while, and to be completely honest, I would give anything to be out of here. How might we assist? I believe you are mistaken. We are quite certain that we remained on the prime material plane when we emerged rather than one of the infernals. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> However, if you would like to arrange to book transport, that is something that we could discuss. Unfortunately, we would need the other principal member of our crew to chime in on the matter. Of course. They are not joking there, honey. This place is no place to set up a uh, camp for a little bit. Little bit. If, you, uh, if, if there's any way we can get onto your ship and get out of here, we would be willing to, I'm sure we're both willing to do whatever it takes. Well, if we need another decider present, then we need another decider present. Let's not rush the people. These these are weird tour guides. I don't... Oh. Oh. Mm. <laughs> You wait. That is a lovely suit. You, you, all of this. Hello. Oh, hi. Ah, oh. how are you? Uh, what, what's your name? You say Soul. Soul, yes. That's Pons. Uh, what do you do here? Oh uh, well, here, um, I ponder misery. But oh. beyond here, I'm a bit of a bodyguard, bit of a wanderer. Um, do whatever needs to be done, really. Well, uh, we're we're looking for repairs. Our ship's engine kind of went. <sighs> so, uh, would you have any idea of a place we might be able to gather some parts or? Parts I can help with. I'm afraid that all that technicality is more your style, Brandon. I might be able to help out with some sort of repairs. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I hesitate to get a little too covered in grease and oil. What's this? This suit here is a little expensive, mind you. Oh, me, me too. Yeah, what does Brandon look like? I don't think we've gotten a full description of everything he, he looks dad like. Bod. He's got dad, dad bod. bod. We know that. Is part. Good a little bit of dad right bod. Um, so uh, Brandon is a human male. He stands at about 5'10". Um, he is wearing, um, he is dressed to the nines. He's wearing a purple a three-piece suit almost. Um, he's got a purple ja uh, suit jacket, a purple, a, a lighter colored purple underneath uh, as a vest, but he's wearing black pants. Strapped to both of his hips are two pistols. Um, and in the middle of his uh, belt is a symbol, uh, a giant gold belt buckle with the symbol of the uh, deity Weydan, like just front and center right there. Um, his pants are kind of a stark contrast to the rest of his outfit with being black. Um, and then matching his brown belt are his brown shoes. He's also wearing a black cowboy hat with a blue feather tipped in, matching the same color of his tie. Um, but he will go over to Pons and say, Ah, it is so nice to see somebody who appreciates good fashion on this station. Kind of Please, like a couple don't poses. insult them. <laughs> my, my pinstripe suit, a little bit worse for wear at this point, as it's had to been very poorly stitched up after it getting torn dozens of times. But I'm still very proud of it. Uh, well, yes, is, is there any other vendors here that might uh, fit your style? I would be interested in 
purchasing an update. Oh, absolutely. We can definitely go to uh, someone named Saibon here on the station. They are very good at uh, uh, tailoring to my needs for clothing and just all sorts of fashion gossip, so to speak. Oh, that's good, because between you and me, that's the only type of suits that really fit. Oh, oh, I'm sure that, uh, trust me, once uh, once we get our magical hands on you, honey, we can find out all sorts of things. <laughs> oh, my. Forgive me for the interjection, but I do have more pressing matters than fashion consultations. A member of our crew has is still recovering from a very invasive surgical procedure. I require medical supplies. If it ain't about clothing or, or, or guns, I'm, I'm unfortunately not able to help you out with that. So maybe you might uh, have uh, some more info pertaining to their needs? I can always put out feelers, darling. Let us know what you need. I'm sure I can make it appear. I have a good contact for painkillers, of course. That may actually be quite necessary. I will work up a small list and provide you with a calm frequency. That way we can exchange messages and I can arrange a rendezvous between you and our other principal crewmate. Delightful. You are by far the most entertaining things to have come to this station in a very long time, and it is a pleasure to meet you all. Acknowledged. Um, so yeah, at, at this part, we'll uh, step forward, seeing that people are doing the greeting thing, and uh, again, a hand will um, come out of their left side, and they say to, um, so, it is uh, good to meet you. I am Parla. Hello, you are fascinating, and Soul won't shake their hand, but they'll do that, set their fingers on top, and do a courtly little bow. Tell me everything about yourself. Forgive me if that's forward. I would like to know everything. Unknown. Unsure. I cannot do this for you. And then it turns immediately away uh, to... I'm sorry, Mark, what's your character's name again? Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. Turns immediately away, almost in a swivel, like takes the whole hand away and goes, This is good <laughs> to meet you. I am Parla. Um, Brandon will take a step back. Um, you can tell that even though he's like trying to approach everybody, he's doing his best not to touch anyone. Um, and so like maybe if your hand is getting close, Brandon will try to step back a little bit and uh, he'll uh, take his hat off and uh, do a little just bow. just farther towards you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a constant like yeah, backing away. <laughs> this walking oil slick just keeps moving closer to you with their hands. You're like, no, 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 no. Para, it is but, clear that physical contact is not desired. Oh, no, no, no. Trust me. It is not that I don't desire. It's, it's for your own protection. You can look, but please do not touch there, honey. Masters is the name. Brandon Masters. Charm to make all of y'all acquaintances, especially you, you fascinating creature. He looks over to Para, says, uh, What manner of creature are you? I must know. Unknown, unsure. I cannot answer this question. And then he steps back next to uh, 5e. Para is a recent addition to our crew. His origins are far too esoteric to summarize in a short conversation, I am afraid. Ah, and I have been rude. My designation is unit NR5E. Interesting. While you guys are all talking, um, because you're so engrossed in what's happening, um, you don't really notice a being move through the airlock behind you towards the ship. <laughs> of course not. No and idea. Scriff, you're taking stock of the ship, and through one of the windows, you see what I can only describe as a space walrus with extra tusks Amazing. swim through space 
they have a clipboard under one like flipper, yes. and they're looking the ship over, and you see them pull it up, and they start writing stuff, and then they swim around some more. I love Starfinder so much. Taking stock of the ship. I love them so much. <laughs> You're gonna get a ticket. <laughs> yeah, I left taillights out. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, they they adjust their baseball cap, and you get to see them nodding their head, and then write something else down. Have, like tiny little glasses on them too. Excuse me, are are you the uh, the quartermaster here on the ship on on here on the station? Yeah, that's me. I'm uh, I'm looking over this ship here, trying to get uh, trying to do an assessment. The boss says do an assessment on the ship and uh, see what the damages are. Oh, that's great. I have a list already. Yeah, these are all the parts I need. Um, we can work out payment later. Um, but yeah, oh, this is this you is the You and me are going to get along I, real good. Uh, if you can find... Uh, I put on there paralytic converters, but if you can find trimetric converters, those would actually be even better for us. Mm, uh, we might be able to forge something like that, but eh, out here, it's not cheap. Mm, I see. Uh, what... what um, what kind of commerce do you do on this station? What's your what's the primary uh, kind of economy? That I this, mean, if uh, it was my choice, on? everything would be UPPs because they're just so useful. But you know, credits. The like we don't do gold or anything silly like that. We do credits and UPPs. And if someone was looking to uh, earn a few extra UPPs, uh, do you have uh, any ideas where I could look for? that kind of work mm. you know I have a feeling management is gonna want to speak to you anyways uh, might want to talk to them because judging by this list you guys are gonna need a lot and uh, unless you got real deep pockets that might be a problem well I can do the repairs myself mostly um, that reminds me uh, I need to make a call here uh, but if you need anything else from me or if I can uh, answer any other questions. Let me know. Uh, excuse me. And Scriff will turn around and call up uh, Pawns and NR5E. Mm -hmm. I just... I've done an assessment of the ship. Uh, things are less than good. Uh, the ship is in pretty bad shape after our last... Uh, looks over his shoulder to see if the space walrus is gone <laughs> after our last uh, fight. Uh... I could use some help, not just getting parts, but uh, also some extra hands to do the repairs. Otherwise, they're going to take a long time. Acknowledged. We have just made contact with a group of sentients who wish to speak with us about booking passage. Perhaps one of them has some sort of applicable skills to your repair process. That might be very helpful. I can return to assist as soon as I have procured the medical supplies, but I must see to Captain Esper before I can help you with the better part of the repairs. Sounds good. If all else fails, if you can't find anyone, uh, we can also send a message to the Explodonator and get Wrench and Screwdriver over here to help. <laughs> but it will take some time, I'm sure, for them to travel here. 5e meets his comm unit and looks at Sol and Brandon and says, Are either of you skilled in making starship repairs? Sure, I can get by. I might be more useful to you in uh, helping acquire parts in a less than legal way, on the cheap. I may not be able to serve as a head engineer on a starship, but I can certainly assist anyone who might need 
uh, who might lead the repairs. Perhaps we can work out an arrangement to mutual benefit. The, the tour guide said they can help us find illegal parts and then uh, also possibly help I'm with the repairs. I'm not a tour guide. I'm not a tour guide. I'm just simply colorful. Oh, so they're just really colorful. Uh, I got to see a guy about a shirt and to got to make sure we find some medical supplies as well. That is something that I would love to to uh, help you with. I'm sorry, your name one more time? It's Pons. Pons. Charmed. It sounds like we are going to need some help with the uh, with your starship. How about I write down where to find this Saibon and uh, I can send a message to have him expect you. You're going to need a little bit of a word of mouth referral if you want to do business with him. Oh, okay, yeah, that, that'd be excellent. And if you wanted to uh, head back with NR5E and you can meet up with our other party member here, Scriff, for the, the repairs. Fantastic. Uh, Brandon will turn around. Uh, and look over to Sol. Looks like fate is just determined to keep us together for quite some time. Yes, when you keep following me around, that tends to happen. Well then, have them uh, have someone else follow you along while I uh, tend to the ship repairs. Toodaloo, darling. Pond, keep an eye on Para. See to it that he does not get into any trouble. I will escort these two back and make introductions to Scriff. Yeah, uh, you just follow follow me then, Para, and uh, I'll tell you about the first time how we met Uzi. Amazing. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear it. Yeah. Again. It's a really good story. <laughs> <laughs> Uzi told me that he saved you all from a giant beast. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as Uzi recalled, that's pretty. He, like, kind of, his eyebrows go up and down at pawns. That sounds exactly like what happened. You are very lucky to have a warrior king like Uzi here. Yeah, he, he built a weapon out of a snack machine. I was pretty impressed. Amazing. Yeah. A whole snack machine. <laughs> yeah, he dove right in there and pulled out some sort of, yeah, pretty great ingenuity. Truly, a monarch to be feared and worshipped. Mm. <laughs> Agreed. This is the best day of Uzi's life. <laughs> Soul is just watching all of this with glee. Yeah, yeah, Pons is just relaying like like fully inaccurate information all along the way and giving very general stereotypes about NR5E, uh, Scriff, and the party, the orc, yeah, the, the trolls, everyone. So they're, they're, they're based in truth, but they're all kind of twisted. Oh, Para is okay. going to have an encyclopedic knowledge of things that are not oh, entirely true. Total bollocks, yeah. yeah that was, total that was bollocks. <laughs> um, go ahead, Pons. Give me survival check as you try to navigate your way through this place to see if you can find this tailor shop. Absolutely. 23. 23. Okay. All right. So you start heading through the tent forest. Uzi and Para kind of following along. There's not a ton of gravity in this place, so you can just kind of push off and go from one place to another. The large Vesk and their people have seemed to already walked off. They got bored of the conversation and just went to go do something else. I'll catch up with so, you later. While you head there, 5e, you bring these two new I'm not supposed to say characters, but they're characters. You bring these characters (laughs) through the hallway and take them back to the ship where you see the space wallers floating around while Scriff's looking at the ship. Do I know the space walrus? If you hang around the docks, he's just one of the dock foreman kind of people. Give him a nod. Let him know I'm not up to anything today. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Like, mm, today, got it. Today. There's a lot of there's a lot of qualifiers in just about everything that Saul has to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to the character. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it. Okay, so Scriff, you see these three move into the null gravity chamber. Uh, Five E, good. You're here. Um, I need someone to grab that blowtorch over there and just cut this engine on the starboard side clean off. It's going to need a complete rebuild. Um, we really did a number on it when we busted out of that system. These individuals may be able to help. I believe they wish to negotiate an agreement for brokering passage. I am hoping that we can come to a mutually beneficial arrangement as I am in need of contacts here in the city as well. Uh, may I present Sol? And Brendan. Oh yeah. Do either of you know your way around a screwdriver? Uh, <laughs> oh, trust me, I know my way around plenty of things, darling. <laughs> Not getting that uh, connotation, Scripps just says, "Great, excellent. Uh, here, grab one, any size over there. Tell me what size, and I'll tell you where to put it." <laughs> oh my <laughs> You and I are going to get along just fine, honey There's a lot of work to be done, so let's get to it mm, This is indeed. going to be so entertaining Welcome aboard the second hand Tom, might I just ask real quick Is that, uh, is, did you happen to fix this up all yourself? He's like uh, waving his hands towards your armor I think it's all still adorned with bones too at this point. Oh, but totally some of, a lot of them have been blown yeah. off, so they're just like piecemeal <laughs> apart. Like, sorry, Hopefully, the the head piece it. is yeah. still there. Yeah, uh, it's still on the. Yeah, you know, script, script like it, it continues to work while making conversation, but says, uh, uh, "Yeah, mostly uh, I am the head engineer here, but uh, we have a whole crew that has helped us. Uh, they're on." our other ship they haven't made it here yet I don't know if they're actually coming into space dock they might be too big for this station but Fantastic. grateful for the help and uh, happy to take you wherever we can uh, I think the plan is to go to the packed worlds next hmm Interesting. Um, uh, so Brandon makes his way over to the table where Scrift mentioned, but before he goes to pick up anything, you see him start taking off his hat. You see him undoing the cuffs on his suit. He starts like essentially like undressing um, and getting down to like uh, essentially just his armor that's underneath all of his clothing. Yeah. Whoa. This, this is like Chris Evans splitting firewood, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except no, it's more like. Can I get a gut Thor check? Splitting like firewood. if it comes out? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> roll, a, roll a d20 for a gut check. Soul is like knowing this is coming and it's just like... Mm -mm. That's an 11. <laughs> okay, so as you take off the vest and it's just the armor there, the armor, armor bulges out a little bit so the dad bod shows off just a bit. It functions as a suit vest and a girdle. <laughs> like a cummerbund. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's just a little <laughs> loose right now, so it's... Ooh, a cummerbund <laughs> sounds a lot better than man's ear. Uh, the, <laughs> the bro! <laughs> so that, and then as, uh, as uh, he is essentially stripped down to just his armor, he goes and pushes uh, the symbol on his belt, and you start to see this electrical field that's surrounding him just like kind of shut off. Oh. Um, it's like, if I'm going to be working with such uh, delicate equipment, 
then I'm going to need to make sure that I am I play it safe. And I don't just mean the engine, honey. Darling, you wouldn't know how to work with electrical equipment if your life depended on it. Says the one that can't use a screwdriver and goes and picks up just uh, <laughs> goes and clearly picks up the wrong tool from the table. <laughs> you pick so up a we'll, socket wrench. Got yeah. it. So we'll do their very best to ignore all of this and turn to Scriff and in what is clearly like an imperfect but like practiced, like very rusty, uh, Yasuki say, it is lovely to make your acquaintance. Ah, you know some Yusuki. I had some friends back when. Did you ever make it to uh, Akiton? Oh, that's a question, DM. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. Not doing a roll or anything right now. I mean, yeah, I mean... Not at all. Uh, highs or lows? <laughs> uh, uh, last time lows worked, so let's do lows. Okay, uh, that is not a sector of space that you have been to. No, I... Well, perhaps I have, but not in my memory. Ah, well, no problem. Uh, do you need a, uh, a tool? Can I, uh, are you, are you here to help work on the ship too? Um, I'll be what help I can. I'm better at finding things than putting them together, but I am here ah, to be of service. That works too. I have a list. And Scriff pulls out a, <laughs> the, the same list that he gave to the space walrus. Uh, it says, uh, I have a long list of parts that I need to get this thing working. Um, substitutes are fine. And Here um, you go. how uh, above board do you need all of these purchases to be? I didn't hear that. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the crew, guys. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go ahead and need an engineering led by Scriff and assisted by, I'm assuming, Brandon. Five e are you sticking around or are you going to go look for medical supplies? I've got to take care of Captain Espa before I yeah, help anyone else. So I've probably okay. already headed, headed out to take care of that. Perfect. One engineering okay. assist roll coming up. That is a 22 again. Nice. Okay. I only have a plus five, so. That'll hey. bring the result up to a 29. Oh, right. look, actually pulling your weight, darling. Oh, it's a lot to pull. <laughs> <laughs> I am aware. Well, these two are great. <laughs> okay, so while that's happening, I'm going to cut over to Pawns and Para. Uh, eventually, you do find your way to what has to be the dress place. It's called the highest end dress for success. Uh, can I like uh, send a quick just text real quick to Pons? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, so just like uh, this is this would have been like as he's walking through the hallway to meet Scriff. Mm. Uh, essentially, uh, he would have sent him the address. Uh, the name uh, of Saibon Derverson, the 15th, is the owner, um, and says, uh, just would have texted, I hope you don't mind dealing with Aslanti. Oh, fun. <laughs> uh, I just got like question mark. Sure. Not sure what Aslanti is. Just you can roll a culture check if you want to know a little bit more about them. Um, yeah, just to see what rumors of anything I've heard. Eh, 12. 12. Don't have anything with that. Yeah, uh, you may have heard the name in passing. Uh, you're pretty sure that, generally speaking, Aslanti are not real great. But that's about all oh. you know. Okay. Well, that's racist. 
How I get them? <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, I was about to say the Atlantic <laughs> space Nazis. Yeah, they're basically yeah. space Nazis. Okay, yeah, uh, Pons will kind of look at the the shop and be like, all right, well, let's let's see what is in store. This is gonna go great. Yeah, I walk in. You're okay. so mean, Brandon. <laughs> okay, you walk into this shop, and there's tuxedos and dresses and ties and all this stuff lining the wall and you see a person dressed immaculately in this white suit with this golden laid tie and blonde hair slicked back and they clearly size you up as you three walk in, you, Pons, Uzi, and Para. <laughs> oh, no. Uzi being there just makes this so much this better. Is the start of a bad joke. <laughs> yes. Hmm. <laughs> and um, what can I do for all of you today? I, I want a suit exactly like this one. Exactly. And then we need something for them. Exactly. Good. We can't do anything mm, nicer than that. Well, maybe for backup, but I need need one just like this first. Perhaps he, he gestures to like all the ties on the wall. I see. So you're looking to have a custom suit made for you. Is this correct? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that that is that is the case, and then I think a little suit matched matches mine for Uzi. That'd be Whoa. great. His <laughs> eyes get all big and round. Yes. The goblin has a little person too. suit and thinks he's people. Oh my, oh my god, twins! Oh my god, it's twins! Like when you see like a se- seven-year-old dressed up for like a family photo shoot. But you know, with a dog slicer. <laughs> uh, oh you can God. see him look down at Uzi, and you can see the gears turning, and he does that thing where he acts like he almost throws up in his mouth. Hmm. <laughs> 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 yes. Well, we'll we'll see what we can do. Um, snaps his fingers, and this very robotic. SRO comes out, you can tell right away that it doesn't act anything like 5e. It's just kind of got programming it. And it zips on up. He doesn't go anywhere near you guys since you're all pretty dirty and just has no idea what's happening with Para. And the SRO starts taking measurements on you guys. Oh, oh, oh okay. Hmm. <laughs> Gets a little too close. Oh. Uh-huh. Okay, careful around the careful around the brain. Yeah. Yeah, I know it is that big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all natural. Great. <laughs> Supernatural. Uh, while you're being sized up, Pons, you are watching this happen, and you look down at the data pad that you have, and you see it ding. Ding. It seems like it's connected up to the infosphere while you guys were on the station here. And essentially, you've got mail. AOL? Okay. Yeah. Pop that thing open. Okay. Uh, it seems to be an audio file from Narians. Oh. What? Uh, hmm. Turn the volume down and, and press it up to my head. Okay. So you press play on it, and the tagline of this message was finances. 
Ah, uh, hello, my clone, uh, Pawns. I, I have been greatly concerned about you, as I haven't seen you in, well, months now. Um, your business partner came all the way out here and has assured me that everything is well in hands. No! 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 Um, he's been helping me set up finances and straighten out a few grants, and as per his suggestion, I've set up a stipend in your name that you can access in case of emergencies or if you need, um, school supplies or healing serums if that horrible Wilfred is bullying you again. What? What? Naren's voice seems to get quieter for a second. Yes, yes, right, of course. Um, thank you for your help. <clears throat> In uh, any case, if you need equipment or research tools, the credits are there for you. Uh, pawns, um, come home when you can. I've been rendered too ridden, and I can... If I can feel the haze rolling in, and it's getting harder to remember what's real and what's space dust. But, but, well, uh, don't forget to submit your paper on the interpretation of the space trolley problem. It will be graded more harshly if it's late. <laughs> Darn, I haven't even started it. <laughs> <laughs> Homework probably several years late. <laughs> and then mm. it's essentially got account numbers attached to it, so you can access a stipend to help you. Oh my god. Yeah, kind of pondering that for the second. You I mean, broke Jeff. Fun, funds are good. Yeah. It's strange. <laughs> Business uh, can, partner? Can I access the account? You wouldn't be a concern, yep. friend. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See what's in there. This <laughs> is like, what's in the account? <laughs> okay. Show me the money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it appears to be a trust, and you get a stipend every month or so to help you out. Wow, I didn't even know we had business partners, but that's pretty great. I have to tell the others. Uh, I'll just kind of write a note mentally, like make sure to run that by in our 5e and, and Scriff when I see them next. He's so and pure. Definitely <laughs> excited for the new suits then, because we have some extra money. It's pretty cool. Just imagining you in a new Armani sipping coffee in a burning room. Oh, a stack of money yes, next um, to you. This is fine. Oh, like a, a fire pit the entire length of one wall. Uh-huh. Are you going to be mm, getting a suit as well for your mm, looking at Para? Oh, I'm sorry. Is a suit required? I give him a thumbs up. Of course. <laughs> oh, I am so sorry. I was not aware, but of course, Pons is wearing a suit. I am. And I am not. Please, uh, could I see your finest suits? Mm. <laughs> okay, so 
he starts essentially doing sales pitches to you guys. And while that's happening, I'm going to cut over to 5E. Why is Para wearing a tuxedo? It's after five. What is he, a caveman? (laughs) 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 Go ahead, give me a survival check as you look around for some sort of place with medicine. I got a result of 12 off a natural one. Okay. <laughs> Soul did mention something too, so you could you could text Soul. I got a number, darling. You can text me. Yeah, you just get way too lost in all these tents. You know, you keep trying to keep your grav boots on the ground so you're not floating away or anything, and you just keep walking and trying to find areas that the tents allow you to go through without disconnecting, but you can't find a path. So after a few minutes, 5e just sends a text to Sol that, that says something along the line, lines of, this drugstore contains nothing but inhalants and insufflets. <laughs> Please advise. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, if you're not looking for inhalants, then you might not like my contact. (laughs) It is not a matter of like or dislike. It is a matter of suitability. (laughs) All right, then. She's quite lovely. Um, And I sent him the name of uh, Quista Green. Okay. Are you just making these names up, or did Adam give them to you? Wouldn't you like to know, darling? I would. <laughs> no, Adam will, totally gave it to me. <laughs> I will presume that this Callista Green is someone who is listed in some sort of public directory, or oh, that Sol I, w- I would have given, given you the address as well. Oh, okay, yeah. Like then how I'll to just, get I'll, there? Okay, yeah. Then I'll oh. just head to those coordinates. Do, do watch your pockets that. in this area. It can be a bit shady. I am not concerned. I do not have pockets. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> Hashtag robot problems. <laughs> Hashtag robot solutions. There you go. Very good. Okay, so you follow the instructions, managing to walk your way around all the tents eventually, and you get to a place called The Smoke Show. And it's got like uh, posters on it. Um, talking about Hyperleaf and other legal drugs of that sort. Hell yeah. Just like the last one. <laughs> is, there, are, is there an attendant on duty? Yeah, as you walk through the door, you can see there's was probably a female. If you want to go ahead and give me a culture check, I can tell you more about this person. They're green and very plant adjacent. Culture 24. Ooh. That's good enough for me. Let me just pull up my sheet. Alright, so this is a Goran. They were created long ago, possibly before the gaps. People think it was by, like, a druid who essentially brought plants to life. And over the generations, they've been evolving and changing, and they look fairly humanoid, but, you know, they have leaves as hair. And as you look in on this place, they're absolutely just smoking something right now. Like, oh, hey, I don't think I've ever seen you before. That, That is correct. This is the first time I have visited this establishment. That's wild. You know, we're always meeting new people, whether we even know it or not. That is also correct. 
<laughs> Especially when one is socializing in a large urban area. But that is not germane to the subject at hand. I'm seeking Callista Green. Oh, yeah. I'm Quista Green. I wonder if there's a Callista Green out there. Oh, shit. Did I mishear the name? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's so much better. What if in another universe, there's another one of me doing the same thing, but her name's Quista? Or no, Callista? What was it you said? I'm Quista. It was in fact Callista. I believe that my audio codec may not be working as intended, however, and that you are the individual I am seeking. While I would love to have a philosophical discussion, I'm afraid that I have an urgent need for medical supplies. I was sent by here an individual by the name of Sol. Oh, you need medicinal supplies. Got it, Sol sent you. <laughs> Your air quotes seem to indicate some sort of an <laughs> prevarication regarding the legality of the substances that I'm seeking. No, no, no. Everything completely legal here, man. Very good. Um, here is a list of the items which I need procured. And I will show her on my handheld data pad and <laughs> like and it's like like all legit stuff like maybe some of it might be like you know painkillers you could find on the black market as soul indicated but mostly it's like i need iv fluid i need intravenous nutrients uh, i need um surgical nanites uh, it's just a list of like helping someone who's very clearly been in trauma if she has enough medicine to realize that okay she looks over the list Oh, you need something for if they've had a bad trip and they need help after. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. My girl. So, <laughs> it takes probably longer than it should. She keeps like pulling out the wrong thing, putting it back, pulling something else out, looking at it, thinking about it, putting it back, pulling something. So. It's going to take a minute for her to find all the things, but as far as you can tell, it seems like she has what you're looking for. Oh, good. I don't need to roll medicine to determine if this will kill my patient. <laughs> I mean, you still could, but... You were, like, looking for pharmaceuticals, but you end up with, like, a bag of crystals. Hey, hey. <laughs> this is a different type of crystalline crunchies. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you did say you were fine with inhalants. Okay. <laughs> Their therapeutic effects have been studied. <laughs> All right, so let's see. You guys are working on the ship. That's going to take some time. Uh, Sol, did you stay there or did you go else? Oh, no, I went out to try and find pods. Okay. What's your plan then as you head away from this new ship with all its weird crewmate? Well, first off, I'm going to just take a moment to drink all of that in and let it settle, because that was a lot in the best kind of way. Um, then, <laughs> I don't know all that much about all of this, but I know people who know. So my plan is to just start hitting contacts that I know and see how I can start finding some of these pots. Says it's a lot, and I'm assuming their pockets aren't that deep. Substitutes, they said substitutes are fine. What can I find? Reasonably priced. And asking for help. Okay. I'm not doing the work myself. <laughs> sure. Okay, um, why don't you go ahead and give me two persuasion checks as you go around and just start talking to certain people. Diplomacy, yes? Yeah. Perfect. 
So my first one is an 18. And uh, my second is a natural 20 for a 31. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that first person didn't really have much for you, but... Robert never does. <laughs> Robert. Nobody likes Robert. <laughs> but second contact, you're going to talk to them for a little while, and I will come back to you again as well. Brilliant. Okay, so... Pons, Para, and Uzi. So what's happening is essentially you're, you've been given an assessment of the price for these things. Uh, Uzi has picked out a real ostentatious tie to go with the suit. He wants the same suit as you, but he wants a really loud tie. Yes. So everybody yeah. knows. Of course. Oh, that makes sense. Made of bones. It's like gold. <laughs> it's like it's still screams. Wonderful, he's learned from Brandon. <laughs> Did Para want to go for a suit after all? Um, Para wanted to, yeah, to see, like, the. if, if you want to look at these things, you want to see the best one. So, yeah, I'll see the finest suit they can see. Okay, uh, the finest suit they go over, it's, in, it's behind a case. And it's, like, got actual gold filigree on it, and it's the finest materials you've ever seen, which isn't a whole lot because you haven't seen a ton of materials, but comparatively even to everything else in here, it looks really nice. And it's just this black suit with that golden on it. This is our deluxe suit, direct from the Islanti nation. Damn. This is 1,000 credits. Now I'll take it. <laughs> I am so happy I met you all. Got that stipend. Make it rain. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Well, um, the the other suits are a hundred credits a piece. Uh, you see one being like three D printed, essentially, to fit you over on the side. Yeah. Power has gone over to look at the suit, and as you've looked away to look at the suit being three D printed, you look back, and Power is wearing a facsimile of the suit. They've just changed themselves a lot. They're wearing. Ah, uh, I love it! <laughs> I love it! I love it! <laughs> Go ahead, give me disguise, please. Still pays a thousand credits. <laughs> 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 we'll take it. Ah, we will take it. Whoop. <laughs> I have taken it. <laughs> oh, that's a twelve. With a yeah, a twelve. Twelve total. Uh, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. Often that, often that one, I think. Oh boy, nice. Yeah, that one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ouch. you. You clearly are trying to make it look like it, but it's still kind of shiny like you are, so the materials don't look right. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're goopy, and the gold kind of looks like if you were baking and you put something on a cookie that's too hot. And it just like, oh, I melts like, that, out like all the all the all the, the color is running constantly, so it's not quite the soup, but it's also <laughs> not quite hot. <laughs> Oh, 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 what is this atrocity? Oh. <laughs> Friends, Pons, what do you think? Uh, kind of look up at the suit and look back at him. You you look great. Ah. It's a bit cheaper. Uh, okay, here. <laughs> I'll pay for the other two suits for Z and, okay. and myself. 
you pay for the two suits, and as you go to leave, he's looking up at the suit like it's the most beautiful thing in the world, and then looking back over his shoulder, like, mm-hmm. As you as you leave this store, you see three people standing out there in these deep blue military-looking outfits. And we're going to cut back over to 5e for a second here. 5e, it took a while, but you did actually get the pieces that you need. Like, sorry, you actually get the medical supplies that you need. So you can go ahead and subtract the credits from your total. Was there anything else that you wanted to go along with that? Maybe to help expand your robo-mind? Not at this moment. However, if you sell data module upgrades, I would be interested in perusing your stock at a later date. Um, I'd be so pure. I'd have to see if that's a strand I have, but I'll look. Ah, you are aware that robotic organisms do not typically come programmed with cannabinoid receptors, correct? What? <laughs> Why? That's that's awful. It is not the first time that someone has pointed this out as a shortcoming of my design. <laughs> Can you, like, fix that? Or, like, do something? I do not believe that the developers have plans to add those features. I thank you for your assistance. That's harshing my buzz as you walk out the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I legit don't know how much any of that would cost, by the way, Adam, but if you want me to, to take a nominal amount off of my credits, just yeah, let that's me know. Totally I've still fine. got a bit. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Um, then 5E's plan is to head back to the ship, make sure Captain Ispa is treated for and stable, and then if, if he feels safe about walking away from her, he's got two priorities. The first is Victor needs relief, and so once he gets back, he's, he's going to tell, tell Victor, you need to get off of this ship explore a bit. I'm certain that your religious callings require you to take some time to ponder on your own and perhaps to find your own space. You head back to the ship, you talk to Victor. As you head back out to talk to Scriff after this, you see Brandon working on some stuff. At the airlock where you had just come through, you see several people standing in blue military looking outfits. And Kay, if I could get a perception roll from you. That's only an 11. Okay. Griff, you're working on this ship. And all this while, you know, you've been using Cat to help you out and check on the ship and all that kind of stuff. And it's had one of those little, like, Wi-Fi connectors as it's been trying to download all the missing stuff from the Infosphere. Oh, good. I knew I could count on Cat. So, as... You're looking over a busted part of the ship. You know, it pops up and it also says, you've got mail. Huh. So, you know, there's there's a bunch of junk mail and stuff in there. And just like, eh, it's trash, trash, trash. Uh, and then you see one that's from Nima Dovetail with the tagline, Family Matters. Uh-oh. I open it. Okay. That's the part I've been dreading. I have a terrible time trying to do Jeff's accent. Like, I mess up so much. <laughs> no. And every time I try to do any of the words that he throws in there, I mess it up. But I'm going to try anyway, so here we go. Believe in you. Scriff dovetail. I consider myself a man of impeccable 
judgment. I only serve the most select, hand-chosen clientele. I saw you as a man of intelligence and great potential. And then you go and disappear into the ether, which is a fool choice as I can imagine. <sighs> it hurts me, my Yusoki friend, and I don't like to be hurt. And neither does your sister. In fact, she was very hesitant at first to have a little chat with me. She didn't understand our close relationship. However, once she did, she felt it was only right to invite the whole family to come along and share in such an important gathering. I was very clear when we last spoke. And I expect to hear from you right quick. So you just go ahead and RSVP on this dress and I'll arrange a wonderful little get together. See you soon, friend. And that is where we will end this episode. No! No! Oh, no! oh man. Ah! Man. Oh, that was a close friend. When life drains you down, charge up on the Emergency Power Network. Theme song triangles by Diamond Ace. Find them at bandcamp.com. Music provided by Nicholas Judy of Dark Fantasy Studio at darkfantasystudio.com and Tabletop Audio. Find them at tabletopaudio.com. As well as Carl Casey of White Bat Audio. Find them at whitebataudio.com. Font Azonix by Mixo. Find them on Twitter at MixoFX. The Starfinder role-playing game, including its official lore and images, are the intellectual property of Paizo Incorporated, all rights reserved. Narrated by Danny Lee Collins.